In today's show, let's recap all 10 games from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we also have a Locked On show for whatever your favorite team is. So go and check that out wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. We've got 10 games. So lots to talk about. Let's start off with some news. Um, Nikola Jokic, Big Chungus. Big, big Chungus, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. Big, big. big Chungus has been cleared of structural damage to his knee. He is still sore, so there is still a chance he might miss a game or two, but looks like we've escaped a bad injury, which is obviously great news if you do have Jokic. While the Kristaps Porzingis situation continues to be annoying, Yesterday, he left the game after a terrible showing with back soreness. And then Jason Kidd was after after the game. How is he? And Kidd responded in his uh, eloquent and elaborate manner. Fine. And now he's popped up back on the injury report as questionable. Is Kidd making... Is Kidd saying fine because he was annoyed? Is Kidd saying fine because he has no idea? Is Kidd saying fine because they faked the injury because Porzingis was playing poorly and he cracked the shit? Who knows? I feel like there's just something smells wrong there. I don't, I don't know what it is. We'll, we'll monitor that with Porzingis. Some other bad news, Joel Embiid. Dealing with knee pain still. He's still listed questionable. I think it was Ramona Shelburne reporting on ESPN that yeah, part of his lackluster play to begin the year is the knee problem that he suffered through the playoffs, the torn meniscus. This is obviously a horrible start to the season for Embiid from a, an injury perspective to have the knee being this much of an issue now is not ideal. Um, and then news came out that Zach Levine has suffered a torn ligament in his thumb. Now, thankfully, he is going to play through it. It is on the um, non-shooting hand, but we'll see how that impacts him. Well, Dougie McDermott in San Antonio is out for at least the next three games with that knee soreness or knee swelling. I would be adding Devin Vassell. And if you don't get Vassell, you look at Lonnie Walker. I don't think they'll start that young, but just watch that one. And then Keita Bates-Diop in deeper leagues is another guy to take a look at there. Now it's time for Trade Central. The most traded player over the last day is actually D'Angelo Russell. Had a pretty good game today, didn't he? These are some of the deals. And this just shows that his value is all over the place. Now, he's a player. And again, this is one of those guys where you can really target in trades, like Porzingis. People hate them, right? People just hate these guys. D'Lo is trash. He shouldn't even be in the NBA. How, God, my God, why do I bother? Every time, like, it, without fail, he cops this every time. He's clearly not that bad, but people overreact. And you can see by the array of different trades here. He was traded straight up for Miles Turner. Well, that's two guys really low in value at the moment. He was traded straight up for Kevin Porter Jr., who has been underperforming Russell. I would have Russell over Porter, I think, in... in oh, would I? No, I'd be pretty close, but that's where they are. He was also traded straight up for Darren Fox. So someone's really worried about Fox, or someone really loves Russell. He was traded straight up for Tyler Hero. So someone hates D'Angelo Russell. He was also traded, along with Porzingis, for Christian Wood. 
So one of those two, Porzingis or Russell is a throw in. It's, it just shows that his value is just so all over the place that it is worth knowing who you're dealing with in your league. How do they view Russell? How and how do they view you know, other players? Because that is a wide array of players. Like from De'Aaron Fox to Tyler Hero, it's a big, big range of players. And Russell's appeal is so low in some spots and high in others. He's probably losing fans a lot more these days than gaining them, but it's not that there aren't people who do like him. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that's just something worth mentioning. Now, yesterday, people enjoyed the Watfo segment that I did. Again, shout out to Nate Duncan for having that segment on his show and uh, allowing me to use it on this show. So what it is, is something we're going to look at the end of the year. Like, just what are the odds of a certain thing happening? Yesterday was a Miles Bridges one. I asked you guys to make a comment yesterday. If you are watching again on the video today, give me another Watfo to do for tomorrow. Today's Watfo is Watfo. Will James Harden so what what are the odds that James Harden is not a top 12 player at the end of the season? Now, that is on a per-game basis using the rankings that I always reference. Not in points leagues, it's for category leagues. What are the odds that he is not a top 12 player this season? Harden so far, for reference, is the 27th ranked player this year. I put it at 20%. I actually might go lower than that, but I think that he is going to be... I'm 80% sure he will be a top 12 player. So I say it's 20% that James Harden is not a top 12 player at the end of the season. So that goes into the spreadsheet so that we can check on that at the end of the year. 20% are my odds for that one on James Harden not being a top 12 player at the end of the year. Drop your next Watfo into the comments below. Just type, just start it with Watfo and then put your question so I know uh, how to get to it or, or how I know how to, um, how to find it. All right, guys. You know, there's so many parts and makes and models of cars these days, it's impossible for a local chain auto parts store to stock everything that you would need. It's just impossible. And then you have to go there, line up, find the guy who's going to help you. Then you have to deal with his intimidating questioning. Get out of here. You've got access to computers in your phone and at home. So why don't you go to rockauto.com? Rockauto is an online family business serving auto parts customers for the last 20 plus years, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything you need for your car or truck. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same part? So go to rockauto.com, find all of those parts available for your car or truck, and in their How Did You Hear About Us box, write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Basketball is back. Football is rolling along, and the number one spot for you to place all of your football and basketball action is at BetOnline. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today for BetOnline.ag, and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, the World Series, NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the great offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, let's now look at the top ads over the last little bit of time. Now, it's not all day because I did a waiver wire show earlier today. If you didn't know, you can go back and check on that earlier. These are who have been added the most and dropped the most since we did that uh, waiver wire show. Carmelo Anthony up 2%. No idea why. He is not a 12-team league guy. You can drop him. Wasn't even a worthy streamer today with so many games on. Alex Caruso up 9%. I'm sorry, 1.9%. That's 2%. 
mainly because of his steals and the fact that he plays on Thursday, which is totally viable to stream him in for Thursday's game. Kevin Love up 1.5%. I wouldn't have done that. Again, not really going to use him today, and I don't think he's a long-term 12-team league guy. Hassan Whiteside, amazingly. He is um, performing? The world. He's doing what he needs to do. Getting blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage. It's enough to stream in if you need, need, those, need those categories. That's it. Finney Smith's up 1.3%. That's a streamer for tomorrow, while Bobby Portis is up 1%. And he's back, and Brook Lopez is not. I think Portis, while I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year, he is absolutely fine to roster in a 12-team league. In terms of the uh, drop side of things, these guys have been dropped the most. Uh, we look at PJ Washington Jr. We look at Nemanja Bielica, Marcus Morris, and John Wall all down in the last few hours. Makes sense. They should not be 12-team league guys. And that will then bring us to talk about the games. And we start with Charlotte versus Orlando. The Hornets get the win in the end on this one, um, 120 to 111. The question that people are going to be having is what is going on with LaMelo Ball? And it's a, a legitimate question because he played just 24 minutes here. He's gone over 30 minutes just once this season, and that was the game that was an overtime game. So probably would have been under 30 in that one. He has picked up early fouls in every game, and that's meant Brago's taken him out earlier. But he's also gained a lot of trust in Ish Smith, and Smith ended up closing this game. Lomelo wasn't at his best, 7-6 and six with 3 steals on 21% shooting, but still, despite all of this, he's still the 25th ranked player in 28 minutes a night. There's significant room for him to improve from here, and I think he's going to continue to get the opportunities to show that he should be playing 32 or 33 minutes. It's just been a frustrating start. Gordon Haywood had been bad the last two games, but he was great here with 24, 5, and 5. He hit two threes. He had two steals. He had a block, and he shot um, 69% from the field. Giggity! Well, Cody Martin had five assists and four steals. Now, Martin's the 99th-ranked player this year. He should not be treated as a top 100 player, and you should not um, deal with him in that way. Like, he's a streamer at best. Miles Bridges continues his excellent form, 31 and 6 with five threes, uh, a block, 52%. The efficiency is just there every single game. He remains the 10th-ranked player this season. I, I think it's real. I, I think it is. Mason Plumley, 14 and 10 with four assists. He's a must-roster guy, while Oubre is not. When Rogier comes back, it's going to get worse. Four points in 28 minutes. He's ranked 169th so far this season, Oubre. Giggity. Despite Rogier being out and him playing 31 minutes a night. It's just not enough there for me to look at him and label him as absolute must-roster. If you have him, sure. Hold on, whatever. Deal with it. Right, but he's not a guaranteed must-hold player under every circumstance. Um, Jalen McDaniels, a little bit of a, a blow-up here. 16 points, four threes, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. I wouldn't read too much into that. When Rozier and Washington come back, he's not going to be able to maintain that level of production. For the Magic, Mo Bumba. One, two, three, four, five. The Bumba and Carter combination is working pretty well. 14 and 10 for Mo with two threes, while Wendell had 20 and 10 with two threes. I have no idea what happens when Isaac and Akiki return, but these two are playing at a really high level and need to be rostered. They're both top 60 players. And Cole Anthony also, three straight good games. 24, 5, and 6 with two threes. 35 minutes for Cole. I don't know what happens when Fultz returns. Again, do they value Fultz more than Anthony and Suggs? I don't know. Um, You've got to have Cole Anthony for now, and then we'll have to see what happens later on. Franz Wagner. Again, playing well. Top 100 player this year. 15 points, three threes, steal, block, rebound, assist, 71% shooting. I think he's better than Akiki. I think the Magic view him as better and more important than Akiki. So when Chuma comes back, I think Franz is still going to start. 
So he should be on a 12-team roster. And I am still holding Jalen Suggs. Barely, but I am holding him. Rookies, I like to give, rookie point guards especially, I like to give them a month at least to see what happens. 8, 5, and 4 in 36 minutes. Now, the 36 minutes should get you excited. I'm right, really happy with that. 27% shooting is dreadful. No threes, one steal, like all that shit else. He's the 200-ranked player. He's been bad. I still am not dropping him. I'd like to see what happens over this first month before I make any um, any decision along those lines. We're not, uh, we're not at that point just yet. The next game we take a look at is the Atlanta Hawks and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. The Hawks get the win in the end. Maybe a little bit fortunate, some might say. Trey Young, 31-5-7 and seven on uh, 36 minutes. He's up to the 11th ranked player. This is really, really good from Trey to start this season after he wasn't able to be a top 20 player last year. Really good to see him stepping up. Well, Johnny Collins, early foul trouble. Ended with four fouls. He had 16 and 12 in 25 minutes. So his production is about the same as where it was last year. While Capella can't hit shots for some reason, Clint. Five points, 25% shooting for the Kerner. He had 12 boards, a steal, and three blocks. That's a real buy low if people are panicking. Oh, is his minutes low? You know, what's going on with his injury? Why can't he hit shots? Just, just look at him as a top 50 guy and buy low. Encouraging signs from Bogdan Bogdanovich in the fact that he played 31 minutes. He still only had 12 points on 12 shots with three rebounds and three assists, and he's not a top 150 guy so far. But he is a clear hold for now. While Cam Reddish, this is the worry I had with Reddish, this is that he was doing so much on this really high usage and really high efficiency that when it came back, it wasn't going to make sense. And he had five points in 24 minutes on 20% shooting. He was fine to add, to see where it went, to write it out. If you want to move on, move on. I think we might be getting there with DeAndre Hunter as well. 29 points, 13 minutes. This is like rookie DeAndre Hunter. Not getting many shots, not putting up any stats. 13-2-0 is shithouse. 185th ranked player this season. Like, I will hold, but I'm not giving him a huge leash. I don't think the upside's high enough to do that. We had the season debut of the Italian cock. Hands off my cock! And Danilo Gallinari, 9-7 in 20 minutes. Don't even think about him as a 12-team league guy. While Kevin Herter, old fan of pants. Two points in 24 minutes on 13% shooting. He should not be on a 12-team roster. Not even remotely close on. Shouldn't even be sniffing around. Not even close to one. For the Pelicans, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. I'd really be looking at selling high Valanciunas. 36 minutes, 16 and 15 with a steal and a block. Now, when Zion eventually returns, who knows when, there will be a reduction in usage and probably in minutes too. And it's going to occur for him and for Devontae Graham, who had 21, 5, and 6. Now, Graham, who you know I was pretty low on heading into the season, he's been impressive, like very impressive, really good. And the field goal percentage isn't killing you. Love what he's done. Speaking of field goal percentage killing you, Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 6 points on 14 shots. That's obviously horrendous. He had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and he didn't hit a 3. But he's been good. He's the 80th ranked player this season. Don't worry too much about that. While Herb Jones continues to start over Trey Murphy, neither of those are 12 or 14 team league guys. While Ingram had 20 points in 39 minutes with two blocks. Some rough shooting, but just overall solid numbers again from Ingram. Sadoransky out of the rotation. Josh Hart didn't play in this one, while Garrett Temple got hurt too. So Kyra Lewis had six points in 16 minutes. I really want Kyra to, to grab hold of something, but it's just not... Um, it's just not happening at this point, is it? He's just a little bit off, and he's not quite where not quite where we need him to be, um, unfortunately. But if you are where you need to be, and that's at home, and you need something delivered, some delicious food, 
Postmates is the place for you to go. With Postmates, you can get all of your favorite foods from local restaurants in your neighborhood delivered without leaving your house and even better, not even getting in the car or worry about finding a parking spot. And Postmates isn't just burritos and sushi. You can order things like toothpaste and phone chargers on demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. Your favorite part? The app lets you know when your food and your items have been delivered. Everything's right outside your door. That never gets old. So just download Postmates on iOS or Android and find your favorite foods and the th one thing that you forgot to get from the store and get it delivered on demand. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving just our listeners a little something. New customers will get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA. The code is LOCKEDONNBA to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more, max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up today. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. Maybe you need Postmates to pick up some sweat block because sweat block is the doctor created and doctor recommended clinical strength antiperspirant. This is one of the strongest ones that you can find. It's been around for ages, but if you suffer from excessive sweating and you have that problem with your sweat staining your clothes and being an embarrassment in social situations, sweat block can help. Right? Sweat block is doctor created, as I said. You get the wipes, you wipe them on, you wake up the next morning, you have a wash, then you're ready to go. And it covers you for up to seven days. And it doesn't just have to be your armpits. You can put it on your chest, on your back, on your feet. And yes, I'm still doing this ad read. You can use it anywhere. Wink, wink. You can use it absolutely anywhere. Giggity wink. Anywhere that sweats. Sweatblock is available at Amazon and CVS. But if you use our promo code Locked On, you can get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com. All right, sweatblock.com. Let's go through to the next game, it is the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors. Big win for the Raptors. Big, big win. 118 to 100. And of course, who, who, whomst amongst us couldn't have foretold that playing 40 minutes a night of Malcolm Brogdon might lead to a lower body leg muscle injury? Stunner. Brogdon pinged a hammy. 22 minutes for him, 18, 5, and 5. Now, I've never really criticized Rick Carlisle for playing guys a bunch of minutes, but this shit has been insane all season. I hope for Brogdon's sake and anyone who has Brogdon that it's not something that keeps him out a long time, but it's just ridiculous shit to do. I was worried about Sabonis heading into the season. He made me look stupid. And now the last two games, he's made me look like maybe I shouldn't have said I was stupid so quickly. Nine and eight with two steals and a block. Usage just absolutely non-existent in this one from Sabonis. These were the worries I had about him heading into the season. These were the worries I had about him in the preseason. It wasn't good. Don't panic or anything, but it wasn't good. But maybe do panic about Miles Turner. 23 minutes, 10 and 7. He still blocked three shots. I don't understand what Carlos doing. Just play the dude more minutes. You played him big minutes one game and he had 44 points. And now you're playing him 20 minutes a night. The entire NBA undervalues this guy, and I'm convinced. And I don't know more than any. People ask me this question, Josh, which team could you do a better job of coaching the NBA coaches? And the answer is absolutely none. I couldn't do it. But that doesn't mean it's not stupid to play Miles Turner 22 minutes a night. I could make decisions to help with rotations that make more sense than this bullshit. Still have to hold Turner, but it's frustrating. Now, back to Brogdon. I should have referenced this early. With him out, I wouldn't be surprised if they start Brad Wanamaker. I wouldn't add him in 12-team leagues. I'd add him in like 16s. And I would be adding Timothy John McConnell in 12-team leagues. McConnell had eight points in three assists in 20 minutes. And that was another one of those ones. I was like, I'm not drafting this bloke. I'm not interested in him at all because I just don't think Carlisle's going to like him. And that has absolutely panned out. But there is an opportunity now for McConnell to get value back if they play him 30 minutes without Brogdon. So keep an eye on that. 
Terrible from Justin Holiday, three points. Well, Chris Duarte has really started to ease off a little bit since that first game, but 14, four and one, two threes, really solid. No Karis Levert yet, but if Brogdon misses, then Levert comes back. That does help Duarte out. He should be rostered in all leagues, but that, oh my God, the most NBA-ready player in the world. He couldn't be more NBA-ready than NBA readiness if NBA readiness was something. like That's you know the sort of bullshit was going on about it. He's fine. He's a rookie. He's up and down. He's going to have some moments. He's a must-roster player, and let's just see where it goes from here. But he had 14 and 4. Not a great nine. He is slowly coming down at the moment in terms of production. And Isaiah Jackson looked like a relatively serious, um, relatively serious knee injury. I hope it's okay. We don't have any update on it at this point. We hope he's going to be all right. But that's not ideal. I really, really like him long term with um, with his fantasy value. But yeah, it's it's it wasn't didn't look great the way he was getting carried off. And uh, guys, there were people adding O'Shea Brissett. You don't need to do that. Six points in 21 minutes for him. For the Raptors, I was high on the Raptors this season and then they shit the bed in the opener and I was disappointed. And they've been great ever since, pretty much. Your man, Freddie Van Bleet. A lot of panic about him picking him in the second round. 26, 10 and 6, six triples, shot well. He's now the 33rd ranked player. He's coming back. He's good. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, Blizzard stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 25 points, four threes, three assists, five steals, and a block. Excellent stuff from Ananobi. He's again jumping up. He's number 40. Let's talk Scotty Barnes. 36 minutes, and his first quarter was really bad. And then after that, he was excellent. And finally, the assists came. 18, 7, and 7 with two blocks. Now, at the time of the draft, of all the work that I did at the draft, I thought it was absolutely stupid for the Raptors to pick him at number four ahead of uh, Jalen Suggs. I had Barnes at like eight or nine, maybe. I was really concerned about his shooting. He was coming off the bench for Florida State. How could he work on offense? And so far, I, I'm, I happily admit that I'm wrong. Oh, he's been awesome. He's not the player that... Oh, mate, he's Draymond Green. He's already he's way better than Draymond Green. I, some people tell me some stupid shit, right? And it, and it gets me frustrated. He's been awesome. There is no denying that. And he is a must-roster player. There are going to be ups and downs. There is no doubt about any of that. But he has definitely proven me wrong so far. Whether I would take him ahead of Suggs again if I did the draft, I probably wouldn't because I'll just I'll just lean a little bit more onto my onto my thoughts on Suggs pre pre draft. But I'd probably move Barnes to five, probably move him up to five. Yeah, I'd feel feel okay about that. But just not over Suggs yet. But he's getting closer. I also didn't like the pick of Delano Banton, but he's been great as well. He took over from Goran Dragic, ten points, three assists, two threes, one block. Deeper leagues, add him. 16s, 18s, 20s. I'd add Delano Banton. I'll, it looks all right. Gary Trent, he did Gary Trent things. He had 12 points on 29% shooting. He did have five steals, which is awesome, but he just has these terrible shooting nights. Now, if you want him in a 12-team category league, knock yourself out. Like That's fine. But to me, he's just not that absolute must-roster guy. There's just too much uncertainty. While I'm dropping with the wiki Chris Boucher, five and three in 18 minutes with two steals and a block. People look at what Boucher did in fantasy last year, and they think it translates to him being a good player. He is not a very good player. He is fine as a 29-year-old journeyman backup. But why? Why is Nurse doing this? He was so good. Is he, though? No, he's not. Like, he's totally fine in a small backup role. And then when guys come back, when Siakam comes back, I don't know where the hell he fits. All right, I wouldn't be bothering with him in 12-team leagues. Ken Birch is a clear drop as well. And Precious Achua. Now, the profile is there, right? Young guy, starter, double-doubles, 27 minutes a night. But are we ever going to see it? I still think I'd hold him, but he's ranked 204th. He had 10 and 6 on terrible percentages again. 
He blocked one shot. He doesn't hit threes. He doesn't get assists. It's just very empty. I'm real close to saying, just don't worry about this. Just get rid of him. Like, I'm just real close to it. He's fine on court. Uh, actually, he's, he's not that fine on court. He's all right on court. But it just is not giving us anything uh, fantasy-wise. Like, just nothing at all good is coming from his minutes at all at this point, which is unfortunate because the opportunity is clearly there. Let's go on to the Wizards and the Celtics. The Wizards get the win, 116-107. Montrez Harrell, 38 minutes, 25-11 and 11 with two blocks on 77% shooting. Just in case he's available in your league, please go and add him. Daniel Gafford suffered what looked like a serious knee injury. Banged into Jalen Brown. Grabbed the back of his knee immediately. Couldn't put any weight on it. Went off and he went, oh shit, like, that's bad, man. Like, that's real bad. And then the Wizards say, hey, he's actually questionable to return with a quad contusion. You go, what, did you get a dead leg? Well, what happened to him? A corky. And then he was ruled out straight away after that with that quad contusion. And then Woj tweets, ah, he's actually getting an MRI Thursday. And then Montrose Harrell says, no, nah, we think he's going to play. So I don't know what it is. I would expect on a back-to-back, he probably misses on Thursday, but it looks like he might have escaped some long-term damage. The future MVP, Cole Kuzma, did his best Precious Achua um, representation with 36% shooting and 50% from the line. He had 12-8 and eight with two steals and a block, so that's nice. He's probably a 12-team league guy for now. I just don't think I know that, that it's going to persist when Hachimura returns. They're both as bad as each other in terms of fantasy upside, but they could just eat into that minimal upside they have. Good game from um, Dinwiddie with 22 points in 30 minutes. Good shooting, but one steal, three assists, some low peripherals, but he's been excellent this year. And Brad Beal has not been excellent. In fact, he's been pretty poor. Um, 17 and 10 with three steals for Beal. He's the 69th ranked player at the time of me recording this. Giggity! That's a massive buy low for me with Beal. Massive. Well, KCP had 11 points with three threes and Avdia two points. Oh, eight points, sorry. Just not enough for him. Not enough of role. And Bertans is obviously not a 12-team league guy either. On to Boston. Something, uh, something's wrong here. Lots of talk from this team about something that happened at shoot-around. Ima Yudoka coming out, calling out Jalen Brown for basically a lack of effort. He says, how can he come out and have these big games and then turn up the way he did today? That's pretty weird. Now, Brown wasn't great. 13 points on 16 shots with no peripherals. He's still the 34th ranked player, but he's been very up and down. While Tatum was horrible with shooting as well. 41 from the field and 50 from the line, but 23 and 7. Let's talk Dennis Schroeder, who you know that I don't think is a particularly good player, but he was good. 22.6 assists, 2 steals and 4 threes. He played 34 minutes. How did he get to those minutes? Well, they went with a really short rotation. They played a 9-man rotation, which included 9 minutes of Jabari Parker, Neesmith and Pritchard out of the rotation, and Romeo Langford injured. If they bring Langford back, that might cut Schroeder down. Like, I would add him. I don't know how much confidence I have in him maintaining this value, but I would add him. Horford had 16, 11, and 4, while the Rock DJ had 13, 11, and 4 blocks. And that's great to see because the two games that Williams had played next to Horford had been bad, so it's good to see them both have a good game together. Marcus Smart had 7 and 2, just, just horrible shooting. Three steals is nice, but 14% is rough. He's still a top 100 player, despite being one of the worst shooters in the NBA at this point. But, you know, that gives, that gives us hope that there can be uh, an improvement there. Let's go on to the next game, the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets. The Heat win against Brooklyn, 106-93 on the road. Jim Butler putting up some big numbers. Because he's my butler. 
37 minutes, 17, 14, seven assists, four steals and a block. He is getting steals in just gigantic amounts. He's averaging at a massive, massive. It is probably going to be a drop, but it's been huge. While Kyle Lowry is not doing anything offensively, nine points on eight shots, but nine assists and six rebounds. Again, people panicking about Lowry, I'd buy low on him. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. I don't think I have the sound for that anymore. 14 and 9 in 17 minutes. He has been excellent on a permanent basis. And a 16-team league, you want to look there. While, um, Bam out of bio. Bam! 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 You know that I was not keen on all at all on taking him at the turn of the first round, which some people were. I was a little bit cautious about where he fit in the second round because I was worried about what Kyle Lowry would do. Bam is the 56th ranked player this season. He had zero assists. He's getting like two a game. That was his value. It's gone. It's not coming back, I don't think. He had no steals, no blocks, no assists in this game. 24-9 is nice, but that doesn't cut it for fantasy. While he is a bit of a buy-low, I would not be I would not be expecting Adebayo to be a top 20 player from here on out. Duncan Robinson, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Six points with two threes. He's a streamer. While Tyler Hero, yeah, predictably, the shot wasn't going to always fall like this. He had 29% shooting, but still 14 and 8 in 27 minutes. He is a must-roster guy. While Markeith Morris got, didn't get those minutes over PJ Tucker. In fact, PJ played 32 of them. He had 15 and 7. That was a good game from Page, but he is just a very much deep league guy. On to the Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with Jimmy Harden. 36 minutes, 14 points on 12 shots. That's rough. Seven rebounds, seven assists, three threes, one steal, one block. All that's good. He hit 25% of his twos. And then after the game, he said, look, I was still rehabbing my hamstring in the offseason, so I didn't get to play pickups. I'm still working myself into form. Fingers crossed that's true. I am buying absolutely low on Harden. As I said earlier, I think he's going to be a first-round player. I'm buying low. But it's just consistently bad at the moment. Steve Nash makes some weird decisions. And one of those weird decisions was deciding not to play Bruce Brown, but to play Javon Carter and James Johnson over him. 35 minutes for Brown as a starter, 12 and 5 with three steals and two threes. I think he stays as a starter now the rest of the year. He's a strong 14 team league ad. Well, Durant had 25 and 11 with one steal and two blocks. You could even add Brown, I guess, in 12s if you wanted to. Well, Joe Harris, nice game, 15 points, five threes. He's a streamer. I wouldn't look at him as a must roster 12 team league guy. Um, Patty Mills, zero threes. He did have five assists, but I do not think that Pat Mills is a 12 team league must roster guy. Him and Joe Harris just stream him in when you want threes. And then Aldridge had six points in 12 minutes. Griffin played 19 minutes for six minutes uh, for six points, and there was no Nick Claxton. Aldridge in 12s can go. Griffin's not anything anywhere close to that. Um, they're just not looking good, which, to be honest, sorry, Nets fans, is actually really good. Oh, it's, it's so good that they're not looking good because they don't want a team to come out and blow everyone away and us to go, oh, well, it's just the Nets going to win it. I love that they're struggling. I love it. It's so good. It makes me feel so much better about the season um, with them uh, struggling. Speaking of struggling, the Los Angeles Lakers went to play the Oklahoma City Thunder, the NBA's worst team. They were up almost 30 points and they lost. Let's start with Russell Westbrook. As is the story with so many games in Russell Westbrook's career, on the surface, it looks great. 20 and 14, 13 assists and two threes. That's really good. 40% shooting, like piss off. 67 from the line, dreadful. And then getting ejected, <laughs> idiot. He's the 83rd ranked player in category leagues this season, Russ. He does get more counting stats when LeBron is out. There's no doubting that. This is why so many people were cautious about drafting him. He was going in like a 50s. 
the, the fit in LA is weird and it's weirder when LeBron is there. Him getting ejected, and I hate this. I just despise this. They got upset because Darius Baisley intercepted a pass on a steal with like 10 seconds left and then ran home and dunked it. And you get upset and you have a go at him. Because you've got your feelings hurt. Big tough guys. Oh, you, oh don't do a dunk on us because we're losing. I'd be better. Don't throw a lazy interception pass. Who cares if someone showboats on you? Get them back next time. This bullshit unwritten rule that teams who are up are supposed to dribble the ball out, that garbage needs to get out of sports forever. It's embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed to get upset that someone scored on me because I wasn't trying. Embarrassing. It's so, it's so embarrassing. Imagine thinking that. They shouldn't have scored on me because they've already won. Just play, mate. Good that he got ejected. Uh, I think Anthony Davis's knees are right. 30 and 8 in 37 minutes, while Bazemore had 11, 2 and 4. Now, he started poorly, Bazemore. The last couple of games have been okay. At least some stream value there. Uh, Rondo had six assists. Cool. While Monk had nine points in 32 minutes. Didn't really get any usage at all starting for LeBron. I imagine LeBron will be back soon. While Mallow had 13 points in 30, 31 minutes. Poor shooting. Mallow is a streamer. 14 team league guy, and that's it. Like, he's not a 12 team league player. While uh, Avery Bradley had a quick 13 points in 17 minutes. The Lakers are missing a bunch of guys. Ariza, Horton Tucker, none, LeBron. They're all missing. But they need to be better than this. You can't lose the worst team in the NBA. Speaking of Darius Baisley, 20 points, 4 threes, 6 rebounds, 4 steals, and 1 block. Do I believe? No, but that's really good. That's the idea of Darius Baisley that we were excited about as a flyer pick last year at the end of drafts. Well, maybe... With a chance, he can fill up some multiple categories. Unfortunately, he's been dreadful in almost every game, but this was great. Shea was awesome as well, 27-9-5. and five. Or Joshy Giddy. Just, if Josh Giddy's on your wire, just please add him. There's absolutely no excuse not to. 18-2-10, 32 minutes, 54% shooting. He's going to have some free throw issues. He's going to have some field goal issues. He's a must-roster guy. Well, Isaiah Roby, I can't figure this shit out. To be honest, Mark Dagnut said he can't figure it out either. He was out of the rotation yesterday, and then with favors back, he plays 16 minutes and has 13 points. Just keep an eye on that center spot. While Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who was great yesterday, played six minutes. Favors had 26 for 15 and 6. While Lou Dort, nice game from him, 17 and 6. A bit empty across the board. Not a 12-team league guy still. Um, while Pokyshevsky had uh, a 7 trillion, Tony Snell would be proud. I do not think there is any basis in holding Pokyshevsky in 12-team formats at this stage. Let's go on to the next game. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who, let's be honest, look pretty good at the moment. After that, despite they lost to the Pelicans, 113 to 108 over the Milwaukee Bucks. That is just really, really impressive stuff. Towns, he's on a quest to be the number one player. 25, 3, and 5, three blocks and three threes. He's there at the moment. He is number one. While D'Angelo Russell, who I referenced earlier, 36 minutes, 29, 5, and 6. 48% shooting. Good stuff from him. And they made a change to their lineup. Jared Vanderbilt moved in ahead of Josh Okogie and had 10 and 13. Now, if you need rebounds, Vanderbilt can do it. Great rebound streamer. Not must-add 12, I wouldn't have thought, but enough value to look at in 14 teams. While Goose, Anthony Edwards... He had 25, 7, and 3. And Pat Beverly, don't ignore Patrick Beverly in 12 team leagues. 6, 6, and 7. And Jaden McDaniels, again, minuscule usage, but 11 boards and a block. He has value for those certain areas where he provides it. Malik Beasley, drop him. Six points with two threes in 17 minutes. For the Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Seven of nine from the line, 40 and 16 with seven assists and three blocks is a gigantic performance, while Middleton had 16, five and five and three steals, but not much else apart from that. Um, Pat Connaughton, not a 12-team league guy, six points in 30 minutes. Bobby Portis eased back for 15 minutes and six points. Again, he can be a 12-team league ad, but he's not going to be as good as last year. Grayson Allen had 13 points with three threes, and George Hill contributed four assists and three steals. But they just need players back. They just need Drew and Brooke back, and I don't know when they're coming back. Hopefully, it is soon, um, but they are, they're struggling a little bit, which is understandable given the players they have out. All right, let's head on to the next game. The Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns. The Kings win it 110-107 on a buzzer-beating fadeaway three by the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! The Kings were up big in this one, then the Suns came back, but what a win uh, for Sacramento on the road. Buddy Heald was excellent. 26 points with seven threes, five rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. Yeah, that's obviously an excellent, well-rounded fantasy game. It's also not what he usually does. We hold him. We still worry a bit about the 27 minutes, but it's a good sign. Barnes is a big sell high. 39 minutes is a lot. 22 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He's a top 20 player so far this season. It's not going to stick at that level. But again, if you're not getting really high numbers back, just hold and just enjoy it. Rashawn Holmes had 12 and 12, while Tyrese Halliburton played 35 minutes. And yeah, that early season panic, I think, obviously, is in the rearview mirror. 15, 2 and 3, 2 steals and a block. But the panic over De'Aaron Fox is still there. 37 minutes. 18, 2, and 9, and just killing your percentages. 35% from the field, 43 from the line. A disastrous game. He is not a top 175 player this season. Now, he's obviously better than this, so you want to buy low, but I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced this shoulder is bothering him. But as you know, bad percentages. You get them back up, and then your field goals made, or so your points category goes up, your three-pointers will go up, your both percentages will go up, and your ranking just will shoot through the roof. And that's what he needs to happen at the moment. Davion Mitchell still rostered in far too many leagues. 19 minutes, 5 points with 4 assists. He's the 236th ranked player, yet he's rostered in like 50% of leagues. There is no need for it. Please, you can do a lot better with a 12-team roster spot than having him in it. DeAndre Ayton, big game from him. 34 minutes, 21 and 21. That's his best game for the year. We want to see more of that. We also want to see more of this from Booker. 31, 6 and 8. So it's 8 assists. And they're the sort of numbers that pushed him to be a top 15 sort of player a couple of years ago. And then Chris Paul's arrival cut that down. I hope he can continue it. I don't think he will. Um, Bridges had 15 and 5 with two blocks. Just a standard Bridges game. Well, it wasn't a great one from Chris Paul. Only six points, but six rebounds, eight assists, and two steals. 10% shooting, obviously, does not help. While Crowder had uh, had 10 points, if I can find it. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. He had two threes with two steals and a block. Just a streamer. While Alfred Payton with uh, replacing Cameron Payne, had 10 points in his 13 minutes. That's just a, uh, a deeper league type situation. Let's go to the next game now. We are looking at the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. This was a pretty large blowout. Um, 116 Portland, 96 Memphis. Ja Morant, yeah, pretty good still, but not at that upper echelon he was before. 17, 9, and 10 with three threes. 42 from the field, just the one steal. But, you know, we're still encouraged by the volume of threes. Just wasn't his best night. While Des Bain, 23 minutes, 19 points and four threes. Absolute must roster player. He did cop a whack in the head and went to the locker room and never returned. I expect that's mainly because of the score here. We got a John Conchar special, special 7 7 and 4, but he's not anyone to really care about. And then it was shit nights from Jaron Jackson and Stephen, uh, Stephen Adams. 
Seven, two, and four for Triple J on 23% shooting with five fouls, while Adams had four and seven in 18 minutes with four fouls. So foul trouble killed them. The game killed them. They couldn't shoot. It was just a bad night in general, and it was an even worse night for the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton, who went 0 of 8 for zero points. He still added two steals and a block, which had been missing from his game earlier in the season. Don't drop him based on this. Don't drop Adams based on this. Don't drop Jackson based on this. It was just a weird game. And of course, uh, Damian Lillard. He looked rough, like really bad to start this game and then turned it on in the third quarter. So if people, of course, people are going to chirp, oh, what about your stupid report now? It doesn't look like he's injured. He still did not look good, right? And this is yeah, early on. Look, he did not look good. And he still shot 27% from the field. That's not particularly encouraging. But it was better than what we've seen. Right? And again, when I said that about what I'd heard, it was literally what I'd been told. And it was, a, it was a worry with how he looked and how he was shooting. But don't do anything. Don't trade him away. But definitely don't buy him low. This is still not telling me that Damian Lillard is fit and firing and at his best. Because he's clearly not. But it's a better sign. 20 and 10, four threes. Again, 27% shooting. Lillard is uh, not a top 100 player so far this season. That will change. McCullum had 25 and 6 with four threes, two steals, and a block. While Anthony Simons continues to play well. 17 points, five threes. He's becoming like a 12-team league streamer. We didn't get Norman Powell playing in this game, but Nasir Little had 9 and 6 with a steal and a block. He's doing okay, but it's not enough for 12-team as well. Larry Nance is a drop. 8 and 5 in 15 minutes. And Bob Covington, I'm not inclined to drop Covington, but I'm not far off. 3 and 4 with a block in his 27 minutes. I am still holding Robert Covington, but if you're in a points league, he can go. If you're in a 10-team league, I'd consider it. I probably wouldn't do it, but I would consider it. But he does this often to start seasons with these stinker starts, and then things do usually tend to get better. Fingers crossed that happens again. All right, so let's now do the last game of the night. It was the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road getting a big win over the Clippers, 92-79. There was no Isaac Okoro. So we got more minutes out of Colin Sexton. The Padawan played 38 minutes, had 26 and 7 with three steals on 60% shooting. It was always a likelihood that he'd have a bigger game without a Coro, and it worked out pretty well. While Garland was good, just the 28 minutes is frustrating for him. 16, 4, and 6. I guess it's because Ravishing Rick Rubio is playing 28 minutes as well. 15, 3, and 3. I wouldn't worry too much about Garland, um, but Rubio is a must-roster player. Mobley, 12 and 10 with two blocks, was good out there, while Markinen continues to struggle. I just don't... In a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother, and I just do not think he's 100% a must-roster 12-teamer. Same with Kevin Love. They could be fine at the end of your bench, 10 and 10 for Love, but they're not must-rosters. Jarrett Allen continues to be just wildly inconsistent. 31 minutes, but 4 and 8. And then you'll have like 20 and 12. And then you'll go 11 of 11. Then, then he goes like in this one, what, 2 of 7. He's just all over the place. The numbers are still pretty good, but he is inconsistent. And that's just what happens when you're a player like Jared Allen, who's not established as high-end guy. We also got 21 Lamar Stevens minutes in place of Isaac Okoro here. But, you know, really good performances from Mobley and Rubio. Love and Markin as fringe 12 teamers. While for the Clippers, it's pretty disappointing. Not a great night from Paul George. 12 points on 20 shots, but he brought the steals again as did Eric Bledsoe, who only had six points, but Bledsoe had another three steals and three assists and remains a 12-team league guy, as does Reggie Jackson, who had 16 and four with three threes and three assists. Batum chipped in with 16 points, starting for Marcus Morris. I wouldn't look at him as must-roster, but 14 teams for sure. And then Zubats, I think he's over-rostered. Terrence Mann, I reckon, is maybe a bit over-rostered as well. He probably should be a 12-team league guy, but I, just, I think he's not quite as good as some of the hype makes him out to be. 7-3-3, three, three, while Hartenstein had 2-4 two and four with two steals and a block in his 13 minutes. And Luke Kennard played a lot, but couldn't keep up the form from last game. Just overall, a pretty disappointing night from the Clippers uh, overall. Let's have a look at the top players now across the league from Wednesday. 
In category leagues, Giannis was number one, Buddy Heald number two, Towns at three, Van Vliet at four, Haywood five, eight and six, Darius Baisley at seven, Westbrook eight, Durant nine, and Jimmy Butler at 10. And then if we look at those guys who are rostered in under 50% of leagues, Baisley at number one, I still think he's more of a streamer or 14-team league guy. Same with Cody Martin. Anthony Simons, I don't hate as a 12-team league option. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, bit of a fluke. Jared Vanderbilt's a good 14-team at, and maybe 12s if you need rebounds. Bruce Brown, similarly, he's a 12 to 14 fringe guy. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, Alex Len, Dwayne Dedman, and Kate Kent Bazemore. I'm not looking at those guys at anything more than deeper formats. While for points leagues, we're looking at Yanni at number one, Jimmy Butler at two, Devin Booker at three, eight and four, Ananobi at five, Westbrook six, Van Vliet seven, Durant eight, Harold nine, and Trey Young at 10. And that will do it for us today. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below and on YouTube. Drop your Watfos in the comments as well. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.